Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning. You're listening to Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. My name is Layla, and we're so glad that you could join us this morning. But before we get into the world, let's take a moment and pray. God, we thank you for today, and we thank you for all the help that you've been. We thank you for all the good things that you've satisfied us with, Lord. We thank you for the blessing upon us and your people, Lord, and our partners and our listeners, Lord, that they are growing in you, Lord, that they're maturing and that they're able to succeed in all that you've called them to do. We thank you for your goodness, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' almighty name, amen. And amen. Well, good morning and welcome, everyone. So glad to have you with us as we continue our study of the Word and focus in on the book of Hebrews. So we are still in chapter 7, covering verses 1 through 19. So I'd just like to encourage you to go ahead and pause the episode, whether it's your first time joining us or you're rejoining us, just to make things easier to follow along in the discussion. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right, and now the floor is open to give each of you the opportunity to share what Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to you and or to ask any questions that you might have. So who'd like to begin? I would. All right, Charles. The first thing that the Lord was sharing with me is that what we see here inside of verse 11 says, Therefore, perfection were through the Levitical priesthood, for under the people received the law. What further need was there that another priest should rise according to the order of Melchizedek? and not be called according to the order of Aaron. And the Lord was just sharing with me is that as we think about this inside of human and natural terms, we just we tend to focus on the fact that Jesus was perfect according to human standards. He completed all the law and the prophets. He didn't do um, anything that was wrong. But what the Lord was more so getting at here was that uh, the heart towards the Lord. Jesus was spotless, not because he was busy trying to complete the law in that manner but because he was focused on what the lord asked him to do and which is a drastic difference between what the pharisees were trying to do they're trying to be perfect according to the law they actually they weren't they tried to give the portrait or the um facade of being perfect perception yes perception of being perfect towards the lord through the law and completing everything that was inside of it but their heart was nowhere close to the lord that's um we see Jesus said where he says, you guys rightly did Isaiah prophesy about you for it says your heart, their army with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. But what we see here is that the Lord is more so talking about our heart perspective towards him, not about what we're physically doing and what we're not. Um, also, in various times inside the Bible, we see it where it didn't make natural sense of what the Lord asked him to do. And I know there's been times where the Lord may tell me to do something, which I think doesn't quite fit in with what he told me to do previously i'll remind the lord yes because i think sometimes i think that he needed to be reminded of what he had previously said but he already knows all those things he knows everything that we don't know it's kind of like inside of um grammar there's irregularities that call for different things but if different rules to be applied but if you're too busy focusing on the rules that normally fit there you can't see those instances where they're not applied and that's how the lord conveyed it to me is that we should be listening to the holy spirit because he'll tell us 
when those instances are and when he wants us to go forward and do what he tells us to do. As we also see with um, the disciples, there was times where the Holy Spirit and with Jesus, there was times when he told them to withdraw out of Judea. As we see when they tried to throw him off the cliff, it said he withdrew from that place. He went away out of Judea, then he went back as the Lord directed him to. But he wasn't focused on um, ministering like that because we see that Jesus told him that his ministry was first to the Jews and then to everybody else. But he was listening and it looked like if he went to go preach in the Samaritan villages, it looked like he was no longer doing what he was supposed to. Those weren't quote unquote Jews at that point because they had been repopulated from different people. Meaning that when Israel was taken captive, different people had come and dwelt in the cities, which were Samaritans. Well, people constantly came from various cities all over. There are centers of trade. There are cities yes. along the coast or port cities. Where do you think trade came from? Mm-hmm. But Jesus did go. The woman mm-hmm. at the well was a yes. Samaritan. So one thing we also, like uh, you mentioned, irregularities and how the Father knows things that we could not possibly know. No one knows and tracks DNA and genetics better than he does. Yes. Nobody knows connections better than the Father. And so he did go and minister to them. To them. However, the heart of the people, of his disciples, was not ready. to. They weren't ready for that mm-hmm. yet because they still felt like Samaritans were someone different than they were. And that they didn't have a right or entitlement to the things of God. So the Lord, while he called them, understood that they weren't mature enough for that yet. And yes. they hadn't received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And the, the scripture says that when the Holy Spirit comes, he sheds his love abroad in our heart. Mm-hmm. So they needed that extra dose of love. And it's love that fulfills the law. And... Christ didn't come, as you said, under an obligation of, I must not do this. I must not do that. Do not touch the unclean thing. Do, you know, he wasn't looking at every particular item to go check that box, check that box. Oh, struggle with myself to make sure I don't sin. That wasn't his perspective. He came with his focus on love and his love for the father. That's what helped him fulfill the law and keep it um, perfectly. Uh, Galatians chapter five, um, tells us that well let's see if we read let's see let's see verses 7 through 15 you'll get that that understanding um it says you ran well who hindered you from obeying the truth this persuasion does not come from him who calls you a little leaven leavens the whole lump I have confidence in you, in the Lord, that you will have no other mind, but he who troubles you shall bear his judgment, whoever he is. And I, brethren, if I still preach circumcision, why do I suffer persecution? For the offense of the cross has ceased. I wish I could, um, I'm sorry, I could wish that those who trouble you would even cut themselves off. For you, brethren, have been called to liberty, not only, um, sorry, only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another for all the law is fulfilled in one word. Even in this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, beware lest you be consumed by one another. So again, it says there, the law is fulfilled in one word. Even this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And then in another place, it tells us that there's no law against love. So there's nothing that supersedes the love of God. There's no legal requirement that goes above that. And when we set our affection and our our um, 
pursuit on the love of God that he has shed abroad in our heart and prescribes to us to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love our neighbor as ourselves, we will find that, that we're guilty of nothing because we're walking in pursuit of mm-hmm. something that answers everything. Yes. So Christ, his focus wasn't on don't, 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 don't. I must tithe of mint and anise and looking at those things, but his pursuit was love of the father. Therefore he operated in sinlessness, but also justice and mercy at the same time, which were things that he pointed out that um, the Pharisees who were seeking the law and the Sadducees, Pharisees and scribes, um, whatnot, the religious people of the day, they were missing. They got the visual components of what it looked like to everyone else they should do to fulfill the law. But the heart components, the invisible things, the things that aren't readily seen, right? As you talked about in one of your other projects, Layla, where's hold justice, touch the truth. You cannot do that. Those are intangible things, but they are very real. Um, So they worked on what appeared to be righteous, but neglected to the truth. I'm sorry, neglected the truth of righteousness, the truth of justice, the truth of mercy, the truth of love which contains all those things and Christ did not come with that perspective. So we should take his same mindset to focus on loving the Lord, our God with all our heart, soul, mind and strength and loving our neighbors as ourselves. Yes. Mommy which translated further into this chapter, as we see in verse 14, where it says for it's evident that the Lord arose from Judah, of which tribe most spoke nothing concerning priesthood. And we see, as you were saying, mommy, that they were busy on looking at the flesh and what, the flesh wanted them to see and what gratified what they wanted instead of words. The Lord was not looking for that. Um, we see that inside of the Gospels, I believe it's Matthew, where the Pharisees asked him why he eats with sinners mm-hmm. and tax collectors. And Jesus said that I'm not here to call you guys and say you guys look good and that you guys are doing what you're supposed to. I'm here to bring back those who are lost. And that's more so what is he going actually occurring is that when we see with Aaron what he was supposed to do inside the Old Testament, he was supposed to give the law to the people so that way they could go and fulfill it themselves. Whereas Jesus was bring um I'll explain this mommy. Meaning that with Moses and Aaron, he gave them the law and they were supposed to go and teach the people. God Moses gave them the law. Yes. Okay. Moses got the law from God mm-hmm. and was to teach the people. Mm-hmm. And what we see Mo, um, Aaron was supposed to do, he was supposed to essentially require it from them that you guys do this and this is how it's supposed to be done. Like with the sacrifices, mm-hmm. he was there to hold them accountable. He was teaching to, them. Yes. To facilitate mm-hmm. them carrying it out. Yes. By handling the sacrifices on their behalf and bringing it before the Lord. Yes. But whereas we see with Jesus, he wasn't concerned so much with teaching them because they already knew it. He was concerned with bringing them back, restoring them unto God as how the Lord um, conveyed it to me. That was, that was one aspect. The second is he was still teaching them, but he was teaching them by showing or demonstrating or living out how the law was intended to be carried out. Every area and aspect of your life from the beginning so it's a pattern example right what it's interesting here how he brings up melchizedek as you pointed out in verse 11 right but then he's also talking about here moses and there being a change in the covenant right yes yes so what is said about melchizedek 
In what regard, my love? In how he lived out his life. You have to be more specific. <laughs> Just tell us what you want to There's say. There's nothing saying how Melchizedek lived. Just that Melchizedek was the king of Salem, mm-hmm. and he was a priest of the Lord Most High, right? Yes. yes. Okay. So let's understand that because he served king and priestly roles, right? Mm-hmm. As a king yes. and as a priest to, to the Lord, where Aaron and the Levites did not. They only served in the role of a priest mm-hmm. or sir, as the priesthood to the Lord, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. So we were talking about this as in uh, the episode about Jesus being the greatest, right? Because mm-hmm. it, it is different. So you have Melchizedek, who it doesn't say how he lived out his life, but everybody readily acknowledges he was a priest to the Lord and he was the king of Salem. And he blessed Abram to be Abraham, right? Yes. The Lord yes. did through him. Let me state that correctly. So, so here's here's the ordeal because he's talking about in this the the question that Job asks in Job chapter nine, or if you will, the complaint that Job has. There's no mediator for me, right? Yes. yes. So he was talking about there being uh, here. Paul is talking to the Hebrews, the Jews of the day right? Saying there is a better covenant now. Now, Jesus said that during the last supper, this is the new covenant in my blood, right? Yes. We're doing away with the sacrificing of goats and lambs and rams and all those things, right? Yes. Animal sacrifice. Mm. There was no need. He was, he is and was and is the sacrificial lamb, the lamb slain before the foundation of the earth, right? Which is also acknowledged by Paul in his letters to Timothy. Uh, chapter 2, verse 5 says, For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, Jesus Christ, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. Right? Mm-hmm. So we have to understand that. Everybody readily accepts Melchizedek. Right? And because he blessed Abram, there to be Abraham. But mm-hmm. this mediator is Jesus, mm-hmm. who serves and fulfills the role of both king and high priest. Bringing the two roles together into exactly. one, which is the correlation that he's making with Melchizedek. Melchizedek was two roles brought together into one. Mm-hmm. And Christ brings two roles together into one. Judah is a reference to king. Exactly. And... Aaron is a reference to priest. And right? actually, even even Moses to, to an aspect, right? Because Moses was appointed as a judge. You could argue that he was a king. He was ruling over the people or judging the people, right? The whole book of Judges are the, the appointed leaders by the Lord. Yes. And what did he do? He also helped teach, as you were just pointing out, Aaron and his sons what they should do. Now, yes... Mm-hmm. Aaron had his own relationship with the Lord, as did others, and but it he still used utilized Moses. It wasn't to absolutely. the same extent, right? And it but was, there's a similarity. And the Lord gave the detailed downloads and instructions in that regard, exactly to Moses to pass it to his brother. 
um, the Lord said that he spoke to them in visions and dreams. For Aaron and Miriam, mm, yes. Things like that that tend to be more shadow than face-to-face, direct mm-hmm. download and discussion with the Lord. So let's, let's just understand that completely. But of Christ, our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ, it is very plainly written in four different accounts known as the Gospels how he lived out his life, how he demonstrated the law that was given and taught, right, was intended to be carried out from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a, there's a purpose because the Lord has always been focused on Christ. So we don't need to see what Melchizedek did because mm-hmm. then there would be worship of Melchizedek as though he were the, the example preeminent one or <laughs> right. the primary focus and he's not we just know that the lord was demonstrating mm-hmm. something through him that he fully intended to carry out through the life death and resurrection of christ jesus which the father clearly did um and i just want to point this out as well sometimes we see god working through scriptures and he will give grace to something but that doesn't mean that he condones it Mm-hmm. Or he commissions it. And we forget that about God and his great mercy and his justice and holiness. He's a compassionate God. He always has been. Jesus coming to the earth was not the first time that God had compassion on human beings. I mean, you can just look through the entirety of the the word. The fact that we're still on this earth shows us that God is merciful and uh, great in compassion and, and rich in mercy and all those things which uh, he describes about himself in Exodus. But they, there is a, a misconception that because things have endured for this length of time, that God must be okay with it. No, God gives time for repentance. He gives time for understanding to come about. He gives time for um, humans to walk through things, but it doesn't mean he's condoning the way that they're going about it. So it had been some time that they were practicing traditions that were outside of the exact intention of what he gave them but just because he gave them grace and didn't obliterate them didn't mean that he was okay with what they were doing he knew that he had an answer coming and he was gracious in responding to them so that they would not be destroyed and that's oftentimes how he deals with us on a a personal basis when we first come to christ there's a whole lot of worldliness in us and we know that we accepted jesus but there's still a whole lot of ungodliness there that has to be retrained as well and god doesn't pull out every tendril and root of it all at that moment in most cases just because he understands that we are fragile our our persons are fragile and he takes the time to teach us he takes the time to lead us and to guide us and to help us grow into the person that he wants us to be the um the image of christ working in us he takes time to develop that, but that doesn't mean he condones our cuss words or our bad behavior, not not for one second. So just keeping that in mind while he gave them time so that they would understand him when he came, knowing that they would still reject Christ, didn't mean that he condoned the way they had been going about things. Absolutely. Yes. And it's the same as for us today. Mm-hmm. So it behooves us to get things right with the Lord, to walk as he claimed, as he instructed us and taught us and showed us, demonstrated how we are to walk in him, what it looks like to actually have a deep, personal, and intimate relationship 
with our Lord and Savior. Mm -hmm. And Paul says it as continue on to perfection or continue on to maturity. We haven't arrived yet. Keep growing, keep going with the Lord. Amen to that. So there's a lot in there for today. So we're going to pause there. And with that, can I get a volunteer to close us out in prayer, please? I will. All right, I promise. Well, Lord, I just thank you for today. Just thank you for providing for us, Lord, and being our Father, Lord. And Lord, I also just thank you for showing us the things to come, Lord, and showing us your character, Lord, and allowing it to allowing us to be modeled after you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, Amen. In Jesus' amen. Almighty name, Amen. And Amen. Well, we love you. God bless you, and have a wonderful day. Want to know more about a day of prayer? Sign up for our newsletter where you'll get the latest updates on the ministry, inspiring messages, and coupon codes for the merch shop. Visit our website, adayofprayer.org. Click on connect in the menu bar and complete the form. Be sure to check the box that says subscribe. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.